Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Now, I'm about to read Acts chapter 6, but before I do, I want to review a little bit the first part of Acts. Acts was written by Dr. Luke. Uh, Luke is a physician, according to Colossians 4.14. He was an early companion of Paul. We haven't gotten to the section of the book of Acts yet where Luke is an active participant, but he's an eyewitness to some of the things that take place in the book of Acts. And he had researched and questioned others that were present at some of these other events about other details. And so the section that we're reading today in Acts chapter 6 is one of the portions of time where Luke had actively researched it and questioned Peter and perhaps others among the apostles that were there and gotten the details. Now, Acts 1 starts with Jesus promising that the Holy Spirit will come. The book of Acts could easily be called, instead of Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit because there's so much emphasis on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. He promises that the disciples will receive power and authority to be witnesses once the Holy Spirit comes on them, and they're instructed to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And so in Acts chapter 2, we read that the Holy Spirit fell, that all of the believers that were present received tongues of fire on their heads, and they began to speak in languages that they had not learned. They were glorifying God, magnifying God in these other tongues. And so the gift of tongues came with this outpouring, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you will, of the early church. And so from that point, everything changed. Peter went out and preached, and 3,000 men came to faith in Christ Jesus. And then Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, were going into the temple, and there was a lame man there. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none to give you as, as a beggar there, but what I have I give you. Stand on your feet and walk. And so the man got healed. He jumped to his feet. He went into the very somber temple atmosphere, the very quiet prayer meeting, and began leaping and jumping and praising God. And of course, this drew a crowd. And then the temple guards came, and the net result was that Peter and John were arrested. And so the persecution of the church began in part in Acts chapter 4. They were angry at uh, John and Peter for preaching that Jesus had been raised from the dead. They were angry that the lame man had been healed in Jesus' name. And uh, they threatened the apostles and put them out of the Sanhedrin with the threat, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. But what did they do? They continued day after day preaching the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts chapter 5, there was an episode where a husband and wife, Ananias and Sapphira, conspired together to deceive the early church, to make everybody think that they were more generous than they really were. And so they sold a piece of property. They claimed that they were going to give 100% of the proceeds of the property to the apostles for the benefit of the early church. The problem was that they lied because they held back some of the money. Now, they would have been perfectly within their rights to hold back some of the money and say, we're going to give a portion of the proceeds from the sale of the property to the church. But they didn't do that. And so the Holy Spirit is referred to in Acts chapter 5 as the spirit of truth. 
And lying in the presence of the Holy Spirit of truth is not a small matter. So this Ananias and Sapphira were struck dead for lying to God. Peter calls him God. The Holy Spirit is God. And so the Holy Spirit is very active in these first five chapters. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit in chapter 6. And so reading this morning, or reading today from Acts chapter 6. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parsimius, Nicholas from Antioch, who was a convert to Judaism. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increasing rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they couldn't stand against the wisdom the Holy Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and changed the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So the early church had problems with groups fussing among one another, and the modern church has that as well. There'll always be people in conflict within churches until Jesus returns and renews all things, because churches are full of human beings. The early church was no different than the modern church in that respect, and human beings are subject to their own human frailties. And so in this chapter, we read that the Hellenistic Jews were in conflict with the Hebraic Jews because the Hellenistic Jews thought their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food to the poor. Now, who were the Hellenistic Jews and who were the Hebraic Jews? Well, first, they were all believers in Jesus now because they were among the disciples. They were considered disciples of Christ. And so the Hellenistic Jews were the Greek-speaking Jews. They were the ones who were more assimilated into the Roman culture. They had Greek ideas about things. Some of the Jews would have been offended with them already, thinking they had been collaborators with the Romans and had abandoned their Hebraic heritage. Whereas the Hebraic Jews were more 
traditional. They spoke Hebrew or Aramaic. They were uh, a little more oriented toward the temple prior to the coming of Christ, maybe than the Hellenistic Jews. And so the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebraic Jews were both segments of Judaism, but these groups had become believers. And so they were they were having a conflict. Now, what's the solution? The disciples gathered together and said, you know, we're doing the ministry of the Word of God. It's not right for us to just put all of our attention on the widows in the daily distribution of food. So we're going to look for seven men who are full of the Spirit. Now, that's the first qualification. These are to be deacons. And so the first qualification for a deacon is that they be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And so they needed to be wise. These were not novices. They were not people that were not well thought of. And the apostles chose seven deacons so they could continue to minister the Word of God and to pray. And so the deacons they chose all had Greek names. My belief is that these were among the Hellenistic Jews. The first deacons were among the Hellenistic Jews and not the Hebraic Jews. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is emphasized in the life of Philip. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. All of these men had Greek names. But notice Stephen and Philip are included in this. Now, some people think that apostles and deacons are ranks within the church, and an apostle outranks a a deacon. That's really silly. An apostle, by definition, is one who is sent out. A deacon stays locally, by and large. But two of these deacons were mighty men of God, and they're mentioned in other places in the Scriptures. Stephen is going to become the first martyr of the church after moving in signs and wonders. Philip is an evangelist. And so um, a deacon can be a minister of whatever ilk, an evangelist, a pastor, a prophet, a teacher, whatever. Deacons are not restricted to lesser things than elders. It's just a, a function of local church as opposed to one being sent out. And so the apostles in verse 6 laid their hands on these men that were being presented as deacons. And the laying on of hands was for the impartation of the Holy Spirit, a further impartation of the Holy Spirit, and a delegation of authority. This tradition of laying on of hands is consistent all throughout the Old Testament, and it carries over into the New. And so in church governance in both Catholic and Protestant churches, the laying on of hands is part of the process of ordaining Uh, leaders in the church. And it it mentions in verse 7 that the Word of God began to spread more and more, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I want to remind you that the early church was populated almost exclusively by Jewish believers. And here we read that actually a large number of the temple priests became obedient to faith in Christ. And then Stephen is arrested. And this chapter ends with the arrest of Stephen after moving in great signs and wonders. He's been seized and brought before the Sanhedrin, and they're looking on him, and his face is like an angel. In the next chapter, he's going to be tried before the Sanhedrin and begin to review Israel's history. And so we want to close now with the arrest of Stephen. But I want to pray about church governance and the impartation of the Spirit in elders and deacons and pastors. Lord, the early church was heavily reliant on your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that our church and every church that names Jesus as Lord would be reliant upon the person and work of the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, may our leaders be filled with the Spirit. May our meetings be filled with the Spirit. Help us to overcome conflicts among warring groups within the church. In the early church, these Hellenistic Jews fought with the Hebraic Jews. Lord, we have our own groups that polarize. Help us to overcome that by the power of your Spirit. Help us, Lord, in all that we do, and help us to impart to others your Spirit of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.